fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy championships. Even in May, you know, I started saying this like in February, and I mean, we're kind of creeping up, right? We're like halfway between the Super Bowl and opening day itself, which is crazy. Lots been going on. And this is a podcast where we're going to be addressing the 2022 NFL draft winners and losers amongst quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. And it's going to be broken up by team. And if some of this seems familiar to some of the diehards that listen to this show, it's because we did this like a week ago and we're running it back. That's how that's how much we want to get this stuff right. This is some great information. The Internet was crappy last time. We don't want to insult you good people by putting up a shitty product, making you listen to a shitty podcast. So we're actually going to run it back better this time, better with the audio quality, video quality. And of course, information's a, a week fresher. So you can't get any better than that. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself, cause for celebration in the Wolfdom for a lot of reasons. Uh, let me be the first to say congratulations and to welcome you back to this show for the second time in less than a week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Truth. Yep, just uh, popped the question on Monday right before the John Mayer concert. Absolutely perfect day. We got beautiful weather. She said yes, the most important part no, of it, no, uh, which was amazing. So <laughs> everything went smooth. Everything went perfect. Saw how the other half lived because my buddy works at the Four Seasons. 4500 a night at that hotel, but he gave me the friends and family rate, so I got it for a nice discount. And, man, it is just wow. motivates me to make sure we blow this up so I can spend a couple more nights at the Four Seasons. Holy hell. It was great. But, that's, yeah, that's what awesome. a good day. What a great day. Uh, but as you allude to, we have a loaded show. We did already run through this once. But the quality was not what we expect, what you guys should expect of us. So we're running it back to make sure we can make a great podcast of it. The news has been updated over the last week as yeah, well. It's going to be better. Passing game winners and losers from the NFL draft. We will run this back with the running backs, the backfield winners and losers next week as well. Before I then invite on Scott Barrett, we got Thor from Roto World. We got a great lineup of rookies. Danny Kelly from The Ringer, uh, ideally coming back with us. So we have a lot of great names Ideally joining us these next couple weeks as well. Uh, we don't have the exact date, so we'll make sure to post that schedule. But if you are just catching us for our rookie content right now, it is going to be off the chain. We have the big rookie drafts coming for Rosier. Yeah. We got a ton of this stuff for you guys lined up. And as you said, it, we're already in mid-May. Like We're not even we're that far there. from the season. So right. we have a lot of good stuff cooking here. Thank you guys so much. If you've already seen this, you might not want to watch it again. But if you're here for the first time, it's going to be an improved. It's going to be better. Version. It's going to be better. It's going to be a better experience. Better. If you haven't already, give us a like. Uh, whatever social media account you're watching on, give us the equivalent of a like or subscribe. Why not? On YouTube, anywhere. Subscribe to us. Give us some love. Um, and we're going to get right down into it. But I do want to say, first of all, we are aware that Jerry Judy has been arrested for what well, uh, the term is domestic violence enhancement. Uh, and I'm not going to pretend that I'm totally schooled on what that means. But generally, when the charge has the words domestic violence in it, it's not great. So I don't really know anything more about it than that. But as soon as we do, we'll definitely address it. Could be a big deal. Uh, you know, obviously sucks in real life and in fantasy. Uh, could 
end up not being cool. Also, Tom Brady signing a 10-year, $375 million deal to be an announcer for Fox at a later date. Um, wow. He's a family he's, man, just making sure he, he has no time with his family. He already has his lineup for, for making sure. He spent literally two months with his family. Now he has the next 10 years lined up of his career. Right, right. As long as I don't ever have to stay home with you people no, and can make exactly. enough money to stay at the Four Seasons as much as I want, I'm going to yeah. do it. And that's Tom Brady's life, folks. We should all be so lucky. All right, let's get into the actual news of the day um, or of a week ago, but just made a little better. And that, of course, was the big trade, A.J. Brown going to the Eagles and the fallout from that. Uh, the Wolf likes Jalen Hurts going to the moon. That's a direct quote. But the pass catchers involved all going to see a slight, if not significant, fall. You would agree, right? Absolutely, yeah. One of the biggest moves of the draft I think A.J. Brown's a top five receiver in the NFL. So, of course, him landing on a new team is going to have seismic shifts for that team. And then we'll talk about the Titans after we cover the Eagles. But the biggest, clearest takeaway for me is, as you said, Jalen Hurts to the absolute moon was the quarterback six last year. Number one in fantasy points per drop back, insanely efficient, number three in air yards per attempt. But, of course, it was the Konami upside that had him crushing it was number one in rushing yards among quarterbacks, carries among quarterbacks, and TDs among quarterbacks on the ground, while he was also second in red zone carries with 31. The guy crushed every single Konami stat you can imagine. That is still all there in place. There's nothing that's going to change in that front. The guy is one of the most dynamic Jalen Hurts runners at the quarterback position, but what could greatly improve is his passing with A.J. Brown's specialty being runs after the catch. Last year, Hurts ranked 20th in terms of receiving yards after the catch per target. You now get A.J. Brown, who can knife through an entire defense. Love everything about it for Jalen Hurts. Goes deep. A.J. Brown can do it in the red zone. He can do it all. So Jalen Hurts is now my quarterback four. And if he was the quarterback one at the end of the season, if he plays all 16, 17 games, holy hell, he could go berserk. So I absolutely love Jalen Hurts. Do you think I'm nuts, Truth? Number four, uh, you know, it's like it's like I've said to you many, many times. My knee jerk reaction is that you're nuts. And then when I look at the actual data and I look at the guys around him on the list, I don't think you're as nuts anymore. It's one of those things you you reflexively just kind of, uh, you know, you react a certain way to a certain name when you put them up <laughs> at a certain spot on a list. Right. And I don't think of Jalen Hurts as a top four quarterback in the NFL. And he's not. I still don't think of him that way. But we're not necessarily talking about that. We're talking about fantasy. And his prowess there is undeniable. I feel like you threw a stat. You might have just said that, and I missed it, but I, I know I've heard you say it in the past. Wasn't he a, a top, I forget what, like two-thirds of the time, top 12, top 10, something maybe even better than that? 67% of the games, he was a top 12 quarterback last right. year. Great stat to toss out there. And that, again, was all without A.J. Brown. So you put a top five receiver in the game, and it can only help Jalen Hurts. But what does it do for the passing game now? I think it's one, a downgrade for A.J. Brown, not a huge one, but yeah. this is the Eagles were the one team that ran the ball more often in run play percentage than the Titans did. Uh, so that it, it's the one thing, like, could he have not gone to the Packers? Could he have gone to the Chiefs? Like something like that for A.J. Brown? We'd be talking about as the number one receiver in fantasy yeah. had something like that happen. He fell now to my wide receiver 12 because there is some more competition for targets compared to really nobody. Robert Woods' corpse with the Titans – he has now Devonta Smith had a great rookie season, 104 targets. Goddard had 76 last year. I think both of those guys take a dip in targets. I think A.J. Brown does lead this team if I'm projecting him out in targets and fantasy points and all that good stuff. But wide receiver 12, he was my wide receiver seven before. So a five-spot fall for him 
To me, though, Devonta Smith gets crushed. I, you know, I just don't I know that there'll be enough passing volume. And yes, I get it. I don't think this team will be nearly as run heavy. You don't trade for a guy like AJ Brown to have that same running the ball over 50% of the time philosophy. I imagine they get a lot more pass happy, especially again, if Jalen hurts, we keep talking about him. If he progresses as a passer, right. work with Tom house, a QB guru all off season, it's only a natural fit, but now it is a, a the pie might get slightly bigger and the mouth that is now entering the table is so much bigger than the actual size of the pie grows, in my opinion, that it's a big hit for Smith and Goddard. Both of them fell hard on the big board. Slight fall for A.J. Brown. We'll talk about Miles Sanders. I think he's a huge winner when we talk about backfields next week. We do agree, however, despite you know the, the falls that we're talking about and, and bumping A.J. Brown down a little bit, we agree on your big board. Certainly, if you start with tier four, and if you haven't seen the big board, you should go to roadstreetjournal.com and check it out. When you start with tier tier four, that's our 11 guy, uh, 11 through 15. That's the T Higgins through Chris Godwin range. And, um, you know, AJ Brown is in that range. And then once you start with tier five, Mike Thomas at 16, you go all the way down to like, say, 30, 31 on the list. All those guys are very, very difficult to rank. And, oh, that, and that, you know, that includes, you know, if, if you were going to tell me AJ Brown was going to be the wide receiver 25 i wouldn't be totally shocked but if you were going to tell me he was going to be the wide receiver seven or six i also wouldn't be super super shocked and i can say that about a lot of guys in that range we're gonna i I won't get into it too much now because we're gonna obviously going to talk about some of those guys but it's it's tough to call some of these wide receivers in like the 15 to 30 range right now it might be the single hardest tier of the entire big board across all positions to rank that that tier of receivers is absolutely brutal i guess the one last point that we have to make sure to cover for aj brown is You thought about the Breakfast Club last year with Cooper mm. Cup and how important that was. We got a whole different level of club here. We've got AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts in the Kids Birthday Party Club. Hurts, oh, how close are they, according to Jeff Kerr? How close are Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown? His tweet: Hurts was present at Brown's draft party 2019, and then also at the birthday party for Brown's daughter this month when Brown was catching passes from Hurts. I don't know if that means at the birthday party. Like, is that was that the party at Chuck E. Cheese or just lobbing up bombs? Right. Who knows? But either way, you know truth because you have two kids and you know love kids and everything. But kids' birthday parties, you don't willingly go to a kid's birthday party unless you truly love that person, right? Well, you at least have to love your kid. Yes. Like your kid has right. You know. Uh, but no, it's a pain in the ass. I personally won't host birthday parties. Um, I'm always going to do it at a neutral site or at uh, somebody else's place. But yeah, that's a big deal. This could potentially be breakfast club 2.0 only time will tell, but I'm looking forward to it. Right. All right. Next up on the agenda, we said we're going to talk about the Titans and we will, um, (laughs) Ryan Tannehill has officially fallen to undraftable according to the wolf, but I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and then we're going to talk about Burks who is going to be force fed allegedly. And of course the Robert Woods outlook, Robert Woods, another of those guys in that tier that you're going to have a, Really hard time deciding what to do with, my guess would be. Go ahead, Wolf. Let's start with Tannehill because that's easy for me. You mentioned the word untouchable, and that's where he is for me. You now have Malik Willis drafted there who, yes, Mm. he fell significantly further than I expected. I thought he was the best quarterback in this class, at least the most dynamic, and goes all the way to, to round three. I was shocked by how far he fell. Me too. You know, NFL clearly values him differently than we do, and you got to put some stock into that draft capital. That being said, if he is as good as a lot of us think, uh, Thor will talk about in a couple weeks, had him as the number one on his big board. So I I can't wait to talk with him about this. That's one not great pressure for Ryan Tannehill, who we've already seen kind of having a little hissy fit about it. I'm not going to mentor this guy. That's not my job. Uh, He's already been talking all Did he say that? Really? Yeah. He said, that's not my job to mentor this guy. What a dick. 
not welcoming him in at all. It is kind of his job. It is, yeah. If you have any type of class, I mean, I get it from a competitive standpoint, I guess. But come on, what, like I don't know. when we were working at the school together, and I'd worked there several more years than, than you, and you guys showed up, I wasn't like, oh, this son of a bitch is going to have to find out the ropes on his own." It's like part of my job to like help right. you guys figure out what's going on. I, I yeah. can't believe I mean, you would say that. I wasn't publicly. technically gunning for your job, so I guess there's no, a little you, bit of a difference there. But you know, it, it's who the knows. Truth. And so Tannehill himself, anyways, quarterback nine, quarterback 11, quarterback 18. So a clear downgrade these last three years. Anyways, I think ever since losing Arthur Smith, who had an insanely efficient scoring attack, they awful attack. Todd Downing's a moron. Couldn't get this offense going last year. I don't think it's going to improve at all. They've been bottom in the league. Uh, they have been bottom 25 in pass attempts for five straight years. So I have no interest in Tannehill. And he's talking a lot. And again, I, I don't ever like to harp on somebody's mental health of course not but he's talked a lot about how big of a struggle he's had regaining his composure after throwing those three picks how he hasn't been sleeping at night and it just sounds like a guy that's kind of on the edge of just falling off the, the, out of the nfl and who knows maybe he'll shock the world maybe the titans will, will come back but to me this seems like a team that is on the verge of collapsing and, and, and needing a rebuild and i could see malik willis taking over early so all that to say is i am not touching Tannehill at this point i'd rather draft you know even davis mills or some of these guys that have more secure job security we'll talk about a little bit certainly zach wilson or some of these more exciting sophomores so big fall for Tannehill. Now, what does it mean for the, the rest of the aerial attack who will be catching passes from him or potentially Malik Willis? Well, they now the Titans have the most air yards available, the most air yeah. yard share available in the league with 2,914 of their air yards from last year now up for grabs, 75% of the air yards that, that made up. Insane. They're also number one in second most targets available. 233 receiver targets is also top five. So all that is to say is a huge amount of volume is available. And you mentioned Traylon Burks, the guy coming in here. ESPN's already speculating, Jordan Reed, that they will force feed him as a rushing and receiving threat. The big comparison for Traylon Burks, if he hit his ceiling, was a linebacker-sized Debo Samuel. I mean, just that thought gets you horny. I, I don't expect that to happen. That's just insane. And it's similar to Tyreek Hill. We talked about this last time where it's just like there's always the next Debo and the next Tyreek and the next this type of receiver. I don't think Traylon Burks is going to ever hit that Debo level, but he is a beast after the catch. He is so physical, so strong. Uh, he did have, you know, 29 rushing attempts for 180 yards in one touchdown. So it wasn't like he never touched the ball out of the backfield either. He's not like the, a lot of these smaller gadget guys compared to Debo. Traylon Burks is a big guy. Like he could handle those carries up the middle if that ends up being part of the offense. So I really like him. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers was lobbying for the Packers to draft him before the, the, the um, Titans went up and got him. So that's a nice endorsement to have. 4 five, five speed at 6'2", 225. Pretty beastly. So he jumped big time on my rookie receiver board. He was number six. I wasn't a huge fan of him. But with that type of draft capital, this type of landing spot, he's now my third rookie, rookie receiver. He's fourth overall on my rookie big board. I really like him. All right, let's real quick talk about Robert Woods. This is a guy I, I don't know what to expect from him. You probably don't feel great about what to expect from him either. You got him ranked 41st, which is substantially lower uh, as far as either average draft versus his ADP. You have him a lot lower than the experts do. Is that right? I guess because you're right. Like what's it, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I could see this guy's career just like ending basically. He's coming off a tough injury. So that's one thing to, to factor in. And he wasn't really all that great last year. I mean, he did finish as a top 12 receiver in points per game. He started to seem to get into a groove by NCAA. I've always been a big Woods fan. So I'd love Me to too. see him get it going. Good guy after the catch. 
very shifty. Like I, I'm intrigued to see what happens, but man, like this is an offense again, 23, 31st, 31st, 30th and 25th in pass attempts. It is not a big aerial pie. And there are tons of open seats at this table, but it's just not that great of a pie to be fed. So yeah, you know, could you see 120 plus targets? Maybe, but Maybe. he's going to have to be healthy. Tannehill's going to have to have his head on straight. The offensive play coordinator Downing has to have a significant leap, and I don't think any of those are going to happen. Never mind all three aligning. So to me, there's just no interest in Robert Woods, uh, even though I've loved the player for his career. And this isn't the offense for him to get it going. It, he, you know, this is not it. No, I feel like a lot of things would have to fall right for him to be as productive as some of these guys are thinking he's going to be. I mean, he he's looking at being the number one guy in a pretty bad passing attack that might get even worse drawing all the top coverage from all the top guys. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I'd be, I'd be surprised. I, I have a feeling. 400 carries for Derrick Henry, right? Like, right uh, sure. Maybe that's the takeaway here is sure. Derrick Henry, as long as he stays healthy, might see 400 carries. Whatever the props are on Woods, I'm smashing the under. Yeah. Um, not into him. Cardinals. They traded for Fixed. Hollywood Brown. D hop has been suspended for six games. D hop says he's really trying to get to the bottom to how this possibly could have happened. I have a theory, which is that he did steroids. <laughs> good, um, good theory. Yeah. <laughs> it's my work in theory. We're just, we're just spitballing here. We're just workshopping and Hollywood Brown, uh, all of a sudden, you know, he, at times he seemed a little disappointing, but he actually had decent uh, numbers by the end of last year. And since we're talking about breakfast clubs and we're talking about birthday party clubs, I mean, he and Kyler Murray are legit like best friends, right? Oh, yeah. We're seeing that trend start to happen where yeah, receivers really and their college quarterbacks are, are getting realigned, and it's it, the trend is working. It, it works really nice. So let's look at Hollywood Brown, who I really genuinely think has top 10 upside. In fact, we saw a top 10 upside last year through week nine before Lamar Jackson got hurt. Hollywood Brown was the wide receiver six in fantasy. Yeah. Was, and that was after dropping three touchdowns that one game. I don't know if you remember that one, but oh, of course oh, I do. Oh my yes. God. That was insanity. He should have had maybe the wide receiver one in fantasy points had he had those extra 35 plus points. They were bomb yeah. TDs that could have gone crazy. Oh, it was incredible watching him drop those. Points. That, that was painful. I, and he still put up like 18 fantasy points that day, but it should have been 50. Like, yeah. uh, regardless, he had a solid year, and the usage was fine there. 145 targets, that was ninth, 27% target share, 12th, 1,518 air yards, 11th. Quantity was there, check. But the quality of those looks is the big concern. That's where I think we're going to see an enormous leap forward. He ranked 67th in target accuracy, 59th in catchable target rate, and 65th in quarterback rating, uh, according to player profile. And that's why I think Kyler Murray – one, you already mentioned, the pre-established rapport, the college history. That's great. That's huge. And we even had Peter King writing. He didn't want to be in Baltimore. He wanted a, a less conservative offense, one that takes big strike opportunities. And he wanted to reunite with his quarterback, Kyler Murray. So, bam. Check. That's nice. But let's look at the stats as well about Kyler Murray. Third in passer rating on deep passes, 25-plus yards. Uh, third in yards per attempt at 15.8. And he also was number one in the completion rate of deep passes nearly 50 percent of his deep passes got completed and he had the highest pro football focused passing grade 99.3 on his deep throws all to say he's a great deep thrower marquise brown is still under 25 years old and can still burn and with deandre hopkins now out for at least those six plus games he should be the focal point of this air raid attack the last time we saw this duo reunited he was outperforming C.D. Lamb at Oklahoma. Yeah. So I really think this could be an enormous get for them. He's going about round late four, early fifth around Roddy Schieber, 25, 26. 
I love the value there. I'm, I have him right at what? Wide receiver 19, 19 I think, on my big board. Maybe even going. higher than that. 19. 19, yeah. So I, I love the guy. And, and the more I talk about him, the more I want to bump him up even more. So he's in that for him. Um, yeah. He's in that category that, we t- that we've already referenced like twice, which is like very, very tough to judge. Yeah, Mike if, Thomas. If he, end, if he ends yeah, up 10 or, carrying you know, McCoury, if he ended up more, like – how do you but, sift through all? But he's guys? one of those guys I'm more I'm more excited about. Where I, I said some of those guys, it's like okay, I, I could see him finishing tenth or I could see him finishing thirtieth. I don't see him finishing thirtieth. No, like, I, I, I think, I, I think nineteen is. I don't want to say the floor, but the floor is not much below that. Assume uh, you know, with, ru- yeah. ruling out. I think it's uh, definitely a higher floor. In ruling this out injuries, stuff like that. Uh, yep. Real quick, Zach Ertz before we move on to the Ravens. Yeah, it's. I wonder if he's a faller or not because they did. We have to know. It's a draft recap, right? They drafted Trey McBride, the top tight end, 55th overall, good capital in there. Long term, I love this fit. I think Trey McBride was definitely the best tight end. Great hands, great big body. I wonder, though, we've seen it take so long for rookie tight ends to typically translate. So I don't think Zach Ertz is an immediate faller. The guy did see the third most tight end targets last year. This could eat into it a little bit, but at the same time, no Hopkins for a while. And they vacated otherwise a ton of their work. They were at the top of the list till AJ Green returned. But this was the tight end four from his time onward, Zach Ertz with the Cardinals. I don't think we're going to see a, a Trey McBride have such a big impact that he falls outside the top 12 now. And that's right around where he gets drafted is like tight end 12, 13 after this move. So I think it's creating a little bit of a value, uh, value opportunity. Of course, dynasty-wise, only two years left on the contract this year and next year. After that, I do think it will be the Trey McBride show. But at least for this one season, given how typically it, a rookie tight struggle to translate, I think we still f- can feel pretty firm about keeping Zach Ertz where he was. The last name to talk about is Rondale Moore, who had some big flashes as a rookie, but ultimately didn't do a whole lot. He's going to have every opportunity, and Kingsbury did talk about him. The next Debo Samuel, he talked about him as their version of Debo Samuel. But, man, is he small? He's short. I I just – there's a very, very low hit rate of receivers that are under 5'9". And he's 5'8". He's like 180. Yeah. Like, I just – yeah, he might have a couple big games here or there, but I don't really believe in Rondell Moore, even with all these targets opening up. Do you have any opinions on him or Zach Ertz? Um, no, I, I tend to agree with your assessment of Ertz, whereas I, I think that he will ultimately fall, but maybe not this year to a degree where you avoid him like the plague or anything like that. Bateman, I, I or not Bateman, uh, Rondell Moore, I'm just not sure. I, I don't feel like I, I know quite enough. I know that there's they, they re-signed A.J. Green, right? Yeah, that was I gross. Mean, I was so mad. Right, I, no, I'm, I was more saying that because I'm just surprised that yeah, they, that they did. Like, why? I but I, the, I mean, he'll get some burn. I mean, he'll well, he'll get a chance if, if he's if he's the real deal. Like, he can he'll have a chance to prove it to us because with Hopkins out for six uh, games, he's going to get a lot of playing time. Absolutely, yeah. If he gets that Debo Samuel style usage, you mentioned you know, a cliff for Ertz. It could happen. I mean, he is old. Sure. And there, I thought he hit the cliff a couple of years ago. I oh yeah, I, early four years ago, him. three years ago, I thought he was done. <laughs> so he had a little bit of a rejuvenation last year, but it, nobody should be surprised if he does hit that cliff. I shouldn't be sitting here acting like he is completely foolproof. And if he no, does hit that not. cliff, I mean, McBride could hit the ground running as early as his rookie year. So I think there is some upside. Certainly in Dynasty Leagues, I love taking McBride's fall into round, like the end of round two in a lot of rookie drafts. Yeah. I'm scooping him up all day. Uh, but but redraft-wise, I'm, I'm definitely hesitant. All right, let's talk about the Ravens. There's not a ton to talk about with them. Basically, two names that come up. Uh, one is yeah, Rashad that's, Bateman, that's it. <laughs> who I accidentally uh, said last time. And you like him to the moon, much like Hurts. But I do think there's maybe one other guy to bring up, um, which is Mark Andrews. Of course. Who, I want to ask, is is he your tight end one now? It's still Kelsey. Is he at least me. in the conversation? 
he is. He's in the same tier as Kelsey. Before it was tier Kelsey, tier Mark Andrews, and maybe it should never have been that way because Mark Andrews was the tight end one last year, yeah. so he already showed that. I just was ultimately with Kelsey, no Tyree Kill there now. Like, I, I think Kelsey could go bananas with like 200-something targets. We're going to talk about that Chiefs passing attack in a little bit and like try to decipher that, that wide receiver depth chart, but it might not matter. It might just be everything goes to Travis Kelsey. So yeah. in that sense, like if I'm picking one or the other, I'm going to go with the one that's tied to Mahomes, uh, given that I think they'll see similar opportunity. But Andrews, like if we're starting with him, I mean, 154 targets, first among tight ends. Target rate, 27%, first among tight ends. Unbelievable just everywhere in terms of routes run, number two. Route participation, number three. Slot snaps, number two. Big glorified receiver, number one in receptions, 107. Number one in yards, 1361. And as we already said, number one in fancy points per game with 17.7. No stat will tell you anything but Andrews dominated. And now you remove a guy that saw 145 targets that had nearly as many as him. It just all wheels up. It's only getting better and better for Andrews. So, yeah, the more I talk about it, it's like maybe he should be ahead of Kelsey. I don't know. Right now you have Mark Andrews. He is the last guy in tier one on your big board. He's number 16. Yeah, for like the overall big board, right? Right. On the overall big board, you got him the last guy. And that tier one, that's a lead company. You have Kelsey currently at 12. So, you know, they're in the same ballpark. Not far. Yeah, he's at, I believe, 16. So those are like the the round one grades, uh, 16 players I have on. He rounds out that tier. But especially in best ball, where you get a huge edge from having these. And I just think in fantasy in general, when you look at all the tight, the teams at the end of the year, the team with Andrews last year, the team with Kelsey almost every year, it, it seems like the teams with the elite tight ends, because there's so few of them, it always ends up panning out well. So I, I feel like I need to bump those guys up. Uh, but yeah. Wheels I, mean, I will say him. you have him below Stefan Diggs. I think I probably like him above Stefan Diggs. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, well, Diggs could be the wide receiver one, too, given all the targets they lost in Buffalo. We'll talk about Gabe Davis yeah, a little oh, bit, who we love right. as well. We sure will. Uh, we'll look at Bateman, though. And I, I there's certainly a ton of targets here. We've been referencing available air yards, vacated air yards. My man, John Daigle, does a great job now with four for four tracking all this. The Ravens are fourth with 2,311 air yards available. 198 wide receiver targets. That's top five as well. So lots of available volume for Rashad Bateman, who every week, it was so frustrating. I had him last year waiting for that breakout because every time he got targeted, it was like a big boy catch. He was making a play over somebody. He was zipping down the field and looking incredibly smooth for a guy that was hurt nearly all of training camp. They were just, uh, you could tell this guy was next level, but he never got that next level usage. Yeah, he never really I popped. He deserved. What's that? He never really popped. Never did. And it was so frustrating because if he ever saw the volume, it was so clear he would pop. He ranked number five in contested catch rate. The guy has four, three, nine speed. Everyone thinks of him as this, this just possession receiver, but for a big body, he can truly burn. So not quite Marquise Brown is a separator and, and burning down the field, but he can certainly take the top off the defense and get deep. And now that he's going to step right into that de facto number one receiver, yeah, Andrews will probably see more targets, but I do think 120-ish coming his way is going to be absolutely enormous. So big, big leap up the big board for Rashad Bateman coming into this year as the number one target for Lamar Jackson, who I think is the single most overrated quarterback in fantasy. Am I nuts? No, you're not nuts. And actually, I mean, you know, we we ran this back a, a week ago and I made a comparison that you actually liked, which is, yeah. you know, we chase these guys' greatest moments in their career. And Lamar Jackson was truly like, what was it, two or three years ago? He was yep. just absolutely lights out. He won the MVP. He, he could do no wrong. He was an amazing real game quarterback, and he was in a real uh, amazing fantasy quarterback. Um, 
And he hasn't looked like that since then, but we've seen it. So it's like we chase it again and again. And the guy I compared him to is Cam Newton, who also had a real apex. And then we chased it for a few years after that. And we were chasing fool's gold. Exactly. I think Cam Newton is a perfect comparison. He had an MVP year and was never even really close to that. And for years and years, we chased him as a top five guy and it never panned out. Last year, Lamar Jackson had only five games as a top 12 quarterback, 42% of his games played. Uh, the other ones were pretty low, too. That's the tough part about him is it's the not floor like floor is down there. Yeah, it is low. Uh, for sure. And so back-to-back years finishing, uh, uh, let me ch- double check here. He finished as the quarterback 15 last year and quarterback 10 the year before. After, again, setting the world on fire with the, the most quarterback points we've ever seen. Like ever, right. Year by Mahomes. It was great. It was amazing. And yes, he's still going to have insane Konami upside more than anybody in the league. Uh, that That's never going to go away. And that's what makes him so special as a fantasy product. We know 1,200 yards 1,000 yards, but then 700 yards. So that's also going down. And yes, that is games played. You know, he only had 12 games. That's also part of the the rub here is because he's running and taking such big hits, he's not that thick of a guy. Those injuries are going to start to come the more and more that happens. So, you know, nine in points per game. So I said 15 last year. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of that. But still, nine, 10. He's getting drafted as the quarterback four. That's stupid. I would probably Jalen Hurts. Give me him all day. Well, how many games did you say Lamar was a top 12 quarterback? Four or five? Five. Okay, I mean, compare that to Hurts. Five of his 12 games. Yeah, exactly. 67% of the time in more games, Jalen Hurts was the number one quarterback. Right, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I think it's a good point. I wouldn't touch this I'm with you. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think he's the single most overrated quarterback, Lamar Jackson, in fantasy right now. If I got him him as the quarterback nine in a draft, sure, okay, but he's not going there. I'll never – I won't have him on a single team this year. So, if he goes MVP mode again, I'm fucked, but I I, I won't do it. Speaking of an MVP – who has fallen down the big board, um, Aaron Rodgers, currently your quarterback 15. Now, this is a guy who I, I forget his exact stats, but wasn't he like 39 and four or something? Touchdowns, interceptions last year, something crazy yep. like that. Insane. Um, yeah, insane. I mean, I do, and I feel like he put up maybe single digit points in the playoffs. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Pathetic. Anyway, there's uh, he, the Packers have tons of air yards available. I think they're number two, according yep. to your numbers. And who's Rodgers' number one going to be? That's the big thing. Obviously, Devontae Adams has left town. They still got Alan Lazard on the roster. They have um, the least sexy man in football, Randall Cobb. (laughs) And then Sammy Watkins and then Christian uh, Watson. Big question mark, right? What do you think? Yeah, it's so tough to know who's going to be at the top of the depth chart. Let's start with Rodgers and the thing we know. I, I, as you mentioned, big faller. Goes from QB7 to me to QB15 without Devontae Adams. If you look at the splits, he's weirdly like just as good without Adams over the last like 10 minutes together. But I don't know. Maybe Rodgers is just that good. Maybe he is. And maybe he can be that good with this core. But I I don't know if I buy that because he also lost MBS. He's lost. You know, not that MBS is this world beater that I love. No, but he's a legit NFL receiver. He is. Exactly. And now you mentioned that depth chart. Who's going to be the top of it? So Rodgers has been relying on this insane efficiency because he's only thrown the 16th, 24th, and 15th most passes. It's not a very pass-happy attack. LaFleur loves – he's part of that McVay system of establishing the run and then marry that in the pass game and have great play action. And Rodgers is incredible at all of it. But I I don't buy that he can be this clear-cut top 10 guy when his number one, we have no idea who it's going to be. 
My guess is Alan Lazard. Let's talk about who it could be. I think it's Alan Lazard. He had a great finish to last year. You know, Devontae Adams was the number two receiver down the stretch in fantasy uh, for those last five games. Alan Lazard was number eight. So he had a great finish to last season. He caught five touchdowns across his last five weeks, racked up 21 catches, 28 targets, 290 yards. If you pace that out for a full season, 71 catches, 986 yards, and 17 touchdown pace. Now, we know the, the touchdowns. He's not going to catch 17 touchdowns. That's going to come back down to earth. But he has been a great touchdown scorer with Aaron Rodgers. Most importantly to me, he, he is the most athletic guy that also still has Aaron Rodgers' trust. Like That is one of the hardest things to earn. Should Christian Watson, you know, by a physical profile, should be the clear number one, definitely the most physically gifted receiver in this room. But getting Rodgers' trust is crucial. And so even though, according to Scott Barrett, my, one of my favorite analysts yeah. out there, Christian Watson, 19th most athletic receiver he's graded since 2000. Great endorsement. Love it. Love what he brings to the table at 6'3", running a absurd 4'3", 6'40", 96th percentile, 119th speed score, 98th percentile, 97th percentile catch radius, 93rd percentile burst score. Like the, all the measurables with Christian Watson are through the roof. And if it translates with him, I mean, he could blow up. We've seen rookies just go nuts the last two seasons. So maybe he could be the next Jefferson or the next Jamar Chase. But he's coming from a non-Power 5 school, which I always – that that up, the, the upgrading competition level is so fierce when you're not coming from an Alabama or you know, one of these – the, the teams are just grinding against these NFL-ready talents already. So I could see that being a big concern. And everyone just talked about how he's a bit raw with his routes – um, and just in general as a, as a wide receiver. And that's not going to go over well with Rodgers if that ends up being true. So he's by, he's been the first receiver I'll draft. I'll draft Christian Watson even ahead of Lazard, even though I said mm. I like Lazard the most, just because the, the raw ceiling is a You're an upside guy. You've season. always been an upside guy. You have to be, right? You have to be. If you're, right. I'm not trying to finish third in fantasy. I want to win my league. Right, and right. That's the type of I want to finish just above like the middle. Exactly. Yeah, right. Nice, steady, right. perfectly in the middle of that. Now, I want number one. And Christian Watson is the type of guy that could win a league. I really do think Lazard could also potentially win a league if he does emerge as that clear cut number one. I'll tell you who I don't think it's going to be. Some, somebody is going to pop there. in that offense. And also, by the way, you have Rodgers as your quarterback 15. And I think just based on like his proven production year after year, that's too low. I, I mean, I, I don't I, I see why you're saying it. But I will also say there's no way in the world he's going to be the 15th quarterback left on the board in any draft. This no, year. he won't. Nope. It's me. It's kind of like Lamar Jackson. He won't be the ninth. I won't have either of those guys on my team. They're two of the guys I'm much lower on than anyone else. So I'm not. I'm not buying Sammy Watkins at all. If I'm no. going down the list, Mari Rogers, their third round pick last year. Eh, maybe we'll talk about Aaron yeah. Jones when we go backfields. Uh, I think he's by far the biggest sneaky winner. I think his offense is just gonna run through him. He's going to be kind of like the, the Aaron Rodgers is Kamara in Green Bay. We'll talk about him on another day. Um, but the last name, you mentioned the unsexiest guy in football. But He's so unsexy. Love taking him in the last round, you know, round 20 of a best ball draft. Best ball. It's got to be best ball, though. Oh, yeah, because I don't. he's not a guy I'm ever going to want to try to predict when he's going to go off or not. But in terms of chemistry, he's the veteran. And they're already talking about, you know, Rodgers already praising him for the locker room presence and him taking these rookies under their wings. And he's the guy that Rodgers trusts, like, Rodgers is raving about Cobb, even though he is, what, 75 years old at this point? I have no idea. His 11th NFL season, I'm pretty sure, at this point. Doesn't but, everything that Rodgers says just seem so disingenuous to you, though? Always. Like, I mean, I I agree with most of these th things you're saying about Cobb. I, I'm sure he has a veteran presence, all that stuff. But I, I just think everything Rodgers says is so self-serving and, like, trying to, like, 
uh, like play these like stupid mind games with the media yeah. or everybody else. Just I, I'm not interested in anything he's saying, and I don't take anything he's saying seriously. And it took me a long time to get to that with him because he's such a talent. But what okay. a what a I hate him. You know what me. a I, he's pain a in the ass. I I do think Cobb last round type of dart throw is he's sure. You no, know, he had a couple twenty point games last year with Adams there. So now without Adams, I think we get maybe four. 20 point spike weeks and that and i agree ball, that's gonna but get in your lineup only you know, only but like it. i said only best ball though because uh, otherwise i don't want to even take up a roster spot with him yeah um too unsexy all right we're going to talk about the chiefs and the bills and then we're going to start rolling a little faster some of these teams i have more to discuss than others yeah, we take our um, time with the more impactful offenses for sure there's some offenses got, that had some big changes some big rookies go there we have to discuss but the, we're, we're going to take our time and this is a very similar one to what we just discussed. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, we just did have a comment on YouTube. Someone said chasing fee, uh, peak fantasy production is like addicts chasing that first high. Could not agree more. Yeah. <laughs> Could not agree more as a former, as a recovering last year, Mike Williams addict. I know exactly what you're talking about. God, I got so high those first two. Oh, weeks. That's the perfect example. I was, like, I was so high. Him. And then like, yeah. you know, got like a little bit high, like in week nine once. And then after that was just like yeah. <laughs> slumming it for the rest of the year. God, it was exactly. Awful. It was awful. But man, it was great when it was working. Um, great comment from Sion. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Chiefs, most targets and most wide receiver targets vacated. Uh, we said the Packers have the second most available air yards. These guys are third MVS, of course, from the Packers, maybe filling some of that void. What do you think is going to happen with the Chiefs? Another tough one to decipher here. The big difference is, of course, we have Kelsey, who 150 targets, lock him in for that, maybe even more at this point, whereas Green Bay has no kind of standover of that nature on the roster. So we already know the target leader on this team. It's Travis Kelsey. But how is it going to trickle down among the wide receiver core behind him. That's a huge guess. I really do like Sky Moore, the rookie they drafted. I think long-term, he's going to be a really nice fit here. Uh, Four-four-one speed, not bad. But really the big thing with him was just sure hands and sure routes. So very NFL-ready type of prospect that a lot of the, the teams, the Bills, and these offenses you, you really respect seem to be coveting. He did fall to them, so who knows? Maybe there was a lot of buzz and hype that, that just was unwarranted. But to me, he seemed like a great slot receiver. That's the tricky part of projecting this receiver core is Juju Smith-Schuster is also a very nice slot receiver who, to me, is the my, my favorite guy of the wide receiver core. Wide receiver 16, wide receiver 9, wide receiver 18, so top 20 in three of his five seasons. One of those was injury destroyed. He did have a weird random bust after, again, a top 10 receiver season. He fell to, like, wide receiver 39. So I don't know what really happened in 2019. Maybe Juju has kind of fallen off a little bit of a cliff, but I, I don't want to judge him for last year because – he was hurt. He was playing with the worst quarterback in the NFL, potentially, in Big Ben. Uh, I, I've seen established the run, one of my favorite sites. Um, Mike Leon compared Juju to the next Cooper Cup, given that he has you know, nice routes, good smooth hands, not this freakish athlete, but a guy that just really could benefit from a huge injection of QB talent. Maybe Juju, that could be the case. So either way, that, that's my number one wide receiver pick on here is Juju as the established veteran. MVS did get a whole lot more money, though, and, and not that – chasing money will lead to fantasy points, but MBS got the, the money as like the, the clear number one receiver in this core. He has the deep speed four three three, uh, replacing that Tyree kill the third most air yards, as you alluded to, if anyone's going to fill that deep role, it's probably MBS. The last wild card could be McCole Hardman, who if there's anybody that's going to do it all, like go in the backfield and do all the unique stuff they did with Tyree kill 
McCole Hardman would be the naturalist sliding, but we've also just seen him do nothing in his NFL career so far. He had a great rookie touchdown rate and has done nothing ever since then. But there's tons of upside where that guy's going because he is the most natural Tyree Kill type of replacement. So similar like Alan Lazard and a lot of these guys like that. Just I don't mind coming out of my drafts with three Chiefs receivers and three Packers receivers because if I have the number one of either of those offenses at the prices they're going for, they're going to blow up. And then I can cut the other two or whatever. I'll blow the roster spots. I'll blow the draft capital trying to find it. Of course, it kills you if you get like you take three and then the one other guy you didn't take blows up. I was going to say, I don't love that strategy because, I mean, you know, I, I, I think that only works if there is an established top, top guy. Like if, if it ends, you know, like if one guy ends up being the clear right. wide receiver one, like if, if you end up with two guys who are like pretty good, like, you know, that's, that's not great. It Doesn't wouldn't be worse. Well, right. You guys, it's got to fall a certain way. So I'm not trying to draft uh six Packers and Chiefs. I, I get with you. If there's, if it's one or the other team, I think the Packers is the one I would go after more just because there's no Kelsey there. We know Kelsey's the number one guy in Kansas city. So I do think there somebody's going to emerge for Aaron Rodgers as a, a thousand yard, eight to touch yeah, touchdown. I agree. I agree. Whereas Packers, whereas the chiefs rather a lot of these like slot style receivers nibbling at each other's cheese. Like, I, I don't know that I need to go all in on them, but I would rank them Juju. Then mm, sky more. I get, no, I, I really, I, something in my gut just tells me McCole Hardman is going to have himself an okay day. Like I, I, I really think McCole Hardman, could rebound. I, I've been I've been on his train before. I'm willing, especially at the price, to take another late stab. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> let's talk about a guy we both really love. Yeah. Draft Gabriel Davis everywhere. That's it. Just yeah. do it. Just do it. He's in that you know tier that the, the 15 through 30 tier on the Wolves wide receiver uh, or overall board. Is it no? It's wide receivers, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's in that tier five. That's really, really, really difficult. You got him 22, which is like right in the middle of that tier five. Let me, let me just, I'm going to rattle off tier five real quick, just to give you a sense of how difficult this is. Mike yeah. Thomas. I mean, who the hell knows what Mike Thomas is going to do. He could be the wide receiver one for all we know, right. uh, or he could not play. Um, <laughs> Allen Robinson, 17, Jalen Waddle, Hollywood Brown, Elijah Moore, DK Metcalf, Gabriel Davis, Amon Ross St. Brown, Brandon Cooks, Terry McLaurin, Darnell Mooney, Jerry Judy. He's probably going to fall a little bit. Yeah. Rashad Bateman and DJ Moore. That's tough. And then when you go to tier six, then you got Juju. You got Michael Pittman. You got Hunter Renfro, Cortland it's Sutton, tough. who maybe he's going to get a bump now. Uh, it's just really, really tough. But as far as Gabriel Davis, I talked about Hollywood. I said, you know, there's a, a wide range, like 15, uh, 10 to 30. But I don't think Hollywood's going to be down at 30. I feel like he's pretty close to his floor. I kind of feel the same way about Gabriel Davis. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see him being like wide receiver 30, 35. He's, he's, he's a solid bet. You should get him. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I agree with you. The floor is pretty good compared to this tier, given that they vacated 184 receiver targets. That's the fifth most with Sanders and Beasley now gone, you know, Jamison Crowder added in a couple rookies, but Overall, he's start. He's going to be an every down player for the first time in his career. It seems like the type of guy that anytime he gets used, he excels. You know, the last six weeks when Sanders was hurt and, and and limited in the games or not playing at all, he scored five touchdowns in six games. Gabriel Davis did. He had two for forty one touchdown against the Pats, and then that last game of the season, the biggest moment of his NFL career, eight catches, two hundred one yards, and four touchdowns. I mean, we all saw how damn it. dominant this kid. I watched it. 
Unbelievable. I mean, he has an objectively great quarterback throwing him the ball too. Like maybe like the best ed- in the league entering his absolute prime. Like absolutely that counts for a ton. It counts for a ton. And he's got Stefan Diggs on the other side, which yeah, yeah, Diggs will probably see a little bit more work, but he's also drawing the number one. Maybe, cover. maybe, right? Like, it, it, you know, Diggs is great. I, I don't want any of this to come off as, as me hating on Diggs because I'm a big Diggs fan. But if you told me Davis was going to finish with more fantasy points than Diggs, I wouldn't be shocked. I, honestly, I I thought I was going to have a hot take by saying like I could see Davis outscoring Diggs, but it truly, given the fact that he's going to be feasting on the number two corners, that's exactly what happened in the divisional round game. And 201 yards or four touchdowns. How many times do I have to say that? Like that is an insane ceiling that it takes special talent to have. And just the fact that the team loves him, the GM just out of nowhere on a random press conference decided to praise Gabriel Davis, Gabriel Davis. He's a stud. And I mean that in all the sense being said, his habits, he is serious about football, even his eyes. I mean, he's got that look, the eye of the tiger. I'll go to war with Gabe Davis any day of the week. Well, bring Gabe Davis to war with your fantasy teams this year. I absolutely love the guy. He's the type of guy that could go around like six that next year we're all taking around two or three. Like that, that's the type of blow up. Uh, and things could still have a huge year. It's not, I don't think it has to be exclusive because I think it's a beautiful aerial pie that is very concentrated between only Diggs, Knox, maybe a little bit of running back targets, but Gabe Davis is, is right there for the nice this, second second seat at the table. And this is, best attacks. I this is not on our agenda, but I, I did see either today or yesterday that the Bills tried to get Christian McCaffrey. Unbelievable, huh? Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't work out, but man, like that, how fun would that have been? It would have been so fun. It would that have was just my been, call. Remember, we were talking about huge trades. We like, said that. We we literally put that out there in the podcast, and then I uh, saw that it was actually. Would like have been great to clip it. that and go back had it actually happened. But yeah, yeah. it would have been. We, but uh, you know, at least they were talking about it. That would have been nuts. Um, all right, let's. We got these teams have less and less to talk about, but we'll we'll spend a little time on this one. Uh, the Bears. I mean, you know, not really worth talking about the Bears ever. Justin Fields uh, down. How much further down can the guy go? Uh, but he is going down. And then you like Darnell Mooney. You got him in the bottom part of that tough to rank wide receiver tier. Yeah. And if he finished at the top of it by the end of the year, I wouldn't be shocked because, yes, the Bears suck. I would be. I'd I be agree. Shocked. You know, you don't usually typically want players on teams that just suck. I understand that. But it can work conversely. We saw the Cooks a lot last year where yeah. they're down so big that all they, they have no choice but to throw. And they have no one else to throw to but one guy, and that's Darnell Mooney. He saw, uh, you know, wide receiver 27 in points per game last year was awesome to see. You know, 140 targets, 11th last year, 27% target share, 11th right there. Pretty solid overall usage last year. I could see going up even further, given that the Bears did almost nothing to this wide receiver core. They added, you know, Byron Pringle, who's doing donuts with his kid in the car. So who knows if he's even going to be on a field this year. Yeah, awful stuff. And I just like, you know, Mooney a lot. Burner speed. Uh, the guy broke out at age 18.9, 91st percentile breakout age. So getting it done at a very young age, handled that wide receiver one. But a, a lot of his good production, Duck sent a good tweet about it, came without fields at quarterback. It was with Dalton peppering him, uh, peppering with the rock. So I do see that angle to it too. But I really think Justin Fields could have a nice uh, sophomore season if they actually did anything to help him. So he's a big loser in this draft. You know, whereas Mooney's a big winner. They added nobody. He's going to be the number one. Fields was a, a big downgrade. In fact, I'd rather even have Zach Wilson. We'll talk about in a second, yeah. given that they, they're they clearly building around him much more. It seems like this team just isn't committed to Fields, no matter how many times they say it. 
But the one guy they added. What are they committed to? What is this team committed to? Because they're sitting here like an objectively shitty team last year. And then you just said yourself correctly. Yeah, they didn't really do any. They didn't really make any moves. Didn't really improve. It's like, so what was their record last year? What were they like a five and 12 team or something like that? (laughs) Four and 13. And they're just like, yeah, we're okay sitting here. We don't need to make any moves. What they think was going to happen. How did they think they're going to improve? No they're going to be terrible again. Yes, they're absolutely going to be terrible. Um, the one guy they did add was Velas Jones. He was Brugler's wide receiver 25. They took him as the wide receiver 14 off the board. It was a laughable overreach on this guy. Six-year college career. He was already 25 when he got drafted. So talk about breakout age. He was the first percentile. 24.3 was his breakout age for Velas Jones. Like awful in that sense. But all that being said, you know, dynasty-wise, I get it. The guy probably is in this profile you want to attack. But as a last-round stab in redraft right now, they're hyping him up as a, the most – you know, De- Daniel Jeremiah, one of my favorite scouts out there, says he's the most Debo-like Samuel – how many times do we have the next Debo on this podcast? But I was just going to say, like, player. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got I don't the think same they're talent, as common as everybody's acting like they are now. Exactly. Uh, he's the guy that's really, really sturdy, strong, explosive, real, real fast. Somebody on jet sweeps, you can kick it too. And then their offensive coordinator saying, you know, something special about him. I'm not going to compare him to Depot, but he has that flexibility to put him anywhere. Backfield, slot, outside, returner, gunner. Uh, he has 4-3-1 speed that shows up on the in the gameplay. Speed jumps on you at the tape. It's not a guy that, you know, when he has the ball in his hands, he looks like 4-3 on the field. And not many guys do that. So they've done nothing but heat praise on this guy. I also love the fact that, one, his locker is right next to Justin Fields. You always got to love that. Two, he's been in constant communication with Fields since he's been drafted. They've been, quote, unquote, manifesting things, whatever whatever that means. He came to rookie minicamp in a full suit and brought his own whiteboard to take notes. So that's the kind of guy. I mean, I love that shit. Like, this is, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Obviously, he has his own whiteboard. but no, I like that, too. He's clearly serious about the game. He's clearly serious about building this rapport with his quarterback. And the team clearly liked him. So as much as we all want to shit on his breakout age and all this, which rightfully so, we can shit on it, but there is a narrative that they just try to make him a Debo-style player, at least usage-wise. And if he does have 4-3 speed that translates on the field, there could be some intrigue here. So I, I've been taking him. If I don't take Randall Cobb in the last rounds, of like round 20, I've been taking a lot of Velas Jones here. Uh, but the big takeaway is Mooney to the moon, Fields they did jack shit for, Velas Jones, big sleeper. All right. Uh, we're at the Steelers now. This is where you went into rapid fire the last time we uh, recorded. I'm pretty sure there's like six or seven teams left. Some more interesting than others. Some not interesting at all. Uh, yeah. Do you want to just fire fire down next few teams and, sure. and try to well, knock them out quick? I do like the Steelers to talk about just because picking. Okay. We, we may have talked about that. We did. We talked about the Steelers because I remember I raved a little bit about Deontay Johnson. So maybe it starts. It's maybe it starts with the Jets. I don't know. Yeah, probably starts <laughs> with the Jets because we have the Saints too, who are mildly intriguing too. But once we get to the Jets, it's like the Jets and the Texans and garbage. So right. we'll talk, right. let's oh, talk oh, about the Steelers. Steelers. Let's talk about the Steelers. Deserve the airtime of uh, the others, but pick it. You know, coming into a really good, perfect spot. The only quarterback taken in round one literally played down the street from where he's now going to be playing. I I do think there's some real validity to that being comfortable where you're already located. So he goes into an offense that was fourth in pass attempts per game last year, nearly 40 per game with dead armed Big Ben. So if he if he takes over as a starter from day one and he's got those weapons and he's thrown that many times, like the results are going to follow. Big Ben was like a quarterback 16 last year, even though he sucked. It's uh, the volume will be there. 
ultimately too, Mitch Trubisky, like, yeah, they signed him, but there's incentives in his contract to to sit him because a lot of his his bonuses are tied to his playing time. So if Pickett's looking even halfway decent, there's a very real chance he's starting from week one and he never looks back. It's not like Trubisky's got this contract that's that locks him into being a starter for at least half the season. In fact, it, it would work out poorly for the Steelers financially to play him more than they need to. So unless Trubisky's blowing him away, I think or Pickett sucks. I really think Pickett's going to be a day one starter and have some decent fantasy appeal because of it. Now, looking at the receiver core, they don't you have, think just as an as an aside here? Don't you think that even even though you're thinking Trubisky might not ever really get to start or might not ever really get the real playing time, don't you like Trubisky more than Big Ben last year? Oh yeah, whoever it's, it is, I like more. <laughs> like I actually think Trubisky. You know, let's say Trubisky ends up being a backup. I actually think he's a pretty good backup as far as the NFL goes. The last time he there was, I, I forget the exact stat. We talked about when he signed with the Steelers a few pods uh, yeah. back in a couple months ago, but he was like the quarterback 13, I think, in fantasy, like quarterback 10 in points per game, went like 11 and five with Matt Nagy as his head coach. Like there's a, there's a lot to sneaky like. And there was some about. weird stat where like he's never thrown a pick six, even though in my mind I can remember him throwing like Eight nine. of them, right? Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> anyway, go yeah. ahead. He's better than he gets credit for. So whether he actually starts or not, we'll see. I hope he gets a chance somewhere down the line, somewhere. Probably won't be a pitcher. Maybe it is, but we'll see. Wide receiver-wise, I got no team drafts better than the Steelers. We've seen that time and time again at the position. And when they draft George Pickens in the second round, Greg Casal's number one receiver, a film guy that I absolutely love, you take notice for your rookie boards. And you take notice for who's that going to impact. Deontay, I don't think so. That you, as you said, we were gushing about him last time. Well, 169 targets, second last year. 28.5 percent target share, fourth last year. 107 receptions, fifth. You know, 111, uh, 61 yards, ninth. Fantasy points per game, sixth. Like the guy, guy had as monster of a season as you could possibly Roots have. Roots run first. Goal, yeah, what's that? Roots run first. First, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Couldn't ask for better usage, and I don't really think that's going to go anywhere. It's kind of that, whether it's Deontay, whether it's you know Antonio Brown in the years before, there's always that that slot but move around type of hog in a Mike Tomlin offense. That's still Deontay. But who's going to get hurt, in, in, this, in my opinion, is Claypool. He didn't have a great year last year. We saw him fall from the wide receiver 23 as a rookie to the wide receiver 38. You never want to see someone go backwards on those points per game. And yes, could you – very clear, you know, reason Big Ben was just that much worse from one year to the next. But also Claypool was never looking as explosive as he really did. He had literally one game inside the top 12 receivers after having three in his rookie year. It just wasn't great. And I really think Pickens, I love the Pickens pick. Uh, I love that a lot of the experts who I buy into love him as well. And I love that the Steelers love him as well because they know receivers better than anybody. So I think this is a big hit for Claypool. They also took a like Calvin Austin, another speed demon and round three, maybe he turns into something too. Uh, but ultimately, tough hit for Claypool, in my opinion. Deontay, keeping him right where I am. Great landing spot, though, for Kenny Pickett. I uh, really like where, where his upside could be. He's the only quarterback I would take in round one of rookie drafts. Uh, just real quick, we have a, a, a fan commenting in. Congratulations, Wolf, on the engagement. You love to see it. Vikings to the bowl, right? One can wish. Enjoy the night, boys. And throw in 10 bucks, Roto Street Journal's way, too. Thanks a lot. Thank Steve. you, Steve. Much appreciated. It'll, uh, go go to my uh, money fund now that I'm dead broke after the engagement. No, <laughs> I know. You spent 4500 4, uh four seasons. No, that was a Yeah, exactly. That, that one, that, right. he's, that's his four but, seasons money right there. But thanks exactly. for Exactly. Uh, Thank you so much, Steve, though. Really appreciate the support and your kind words. It was it was an amazing day, amazing night. So thank you so much. 
Um, but yeah, shall we move to the Saints and then fire well, through these crap well, teams? Let's talk, let's Saints, Jets, and then and then I mean none of the rest of the teams are worth more than thirty seconds here. I, I, Matt Ryan, I would disagree. I actually think Matt Ryan could be decent this year. Uh, we'll give him a little bit no. of time. I know it's, it's a not, longer that's not gonna happen. We're, we're, we've been keeping a decent pace with each team. It's just a I loaded agenda. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. It's a lot to talk about. Uh, All right, we'll let's talk, talk about the Saints. Because, one, who doesn't love Jameis Winston? You know, if he's your quarterback, you have to root for Jameis. That's always nice. He was actually the quarterback 15 last year before he got hurt, 18.7 points per game. But you remove the game, he got hurt. He got hurt in, like, the first quarter. He had 10 points in that first quarter. And then, obviously, got hurt and didn't have anything else. He would have averaged 20 points per game if you remove that one and been the quarterback 11 in fantasy. And you look at who he was throwing to. Nobody. Mark Nobody. Not Mike Thomas, that's for sure. Not Mike Thomas and certainly not Chris Olave, the next uh, rookie they added there, who was my number two receiver pre-draft before uh, in there, the most pro-ready by a lot of scouts. I love Chris Olave, explosive all over the field, great after the catch, good OSU boy. I know our boy CJ loves him. So you, you go from throwing to complete crap and being the quarterback 15 to now having a humongous weapons injection. Yes, Sean Payton's gone. That's a big downgrade. Who knows how, you know, Pete Carmichael, the offense coordinator, is still there, so hopefully there's some consistency. Losing Peyton does hurt, though. But for a guy that's going at the quarterback 26 right now in fantasy, I love Winston. He has no competition. They added nobody else to to breathe down his neck. They beefed up the line uh, throughout the offseason. Yes, they lost their left tackle, but then they replaced him right away. So I, I really like Winston, assuming he can get healthy. He's fun to root for, and it's going to be a fun offense. You make a good point uh, about his price tag, which is quarterback 26. Because, you know, I was about to, like, bring up a, a couple, you know, potential negatives about him. And then it's like at quarterback 26, given all the stuff you said, who gives a shit? Because you're you right. How much his decision-making improved last year? Well, too. you lost Sean Well, there's two, two big things. The, losing Sean Payton's a big hit. And also – Let's not discount how horrific that injury was. I mean, like you're. I mean, I, I still like kind of cringe when I think about it. So you never know if somebody's going to bounce back from something like that. But again, if you're talking about the 26th quarterback off the board, I cannot imagine somebody with a a, a price tag like that that I like even remotely as much as Winston. So right. there you go. And you've seen how he works out in the offseason. Some of the weirdest workouts of all time. So if anyone's going to rehab and become a warrior, it's Jameis Winston. Love it. All right. I told you I wanted to talk about Matt Ryan um, because of all the quarterbacks we talk about here. I think he will be uh, the rest of these names. He has the highest floor and not a huge ceiling, but certainly I think could have a little bit of just nice QB two if you're in two QB league, solid floor. He's been the quarterback 17, 12, 11, and quarterback two across his last five years. So not all that horrible. And even last year, before Ridley went down in in week seven and we never saw him again, uh, Ryan was a top quarterback. Before he went down. Yeah, before, before he quit, football. before he was like, I don't want to play football anymore. I just want to gamble, place like uh, you know, the two hundred dollar bets on meaningless football games. Right, uh, exactly. Yeah, good. Yeah, he went you. down uh, before before going down, succumbing to his uh, his addiction. There, he ultimately Matt Ryan was a top twelve quarterback in fifty percent of his games. He had he Matt Ryan had as many quarterback one games as Lamar Jackson did last year. I, now I'm talking about it. That's just insane. He had five total Matt Ryan, and four of them came. Well, he had Calvin Ridley out there. So he was playing well. The Colts have ranked second, 24th, 20th, and 27th in pass attempts. Not a great passing volume since they lost Andrew Luck. But their quarterback finishes haven't been bad. So Luck was quarterback five. Then there was like the Brissett and a mashup. It was just disgusting. Rivers came in, quarterback 20. And then Wentz last year was the quarterback 14. Like, I think Matt Ryan will probably finish quarterback 14 or 15. So is that sexy? No, no, no it's not. 
No, but if you're drafting a riskier number one or, you, you know, you need somebody on your roster. Again, best ball. Let's say you're, you punt the position, but you need someone that's going to at least get you like 18 to 20 most weeks. That's going to be Matt Ryan. He's going to give you a safe floor that you can bounce out with a higher upside guy later. Uh, somebody like Zach Wilson. Now, this is where I'm going to come run. back. If you punt, you're really punting if you end up with Zach Wilson and Matt Ryan as your two quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like that's like a long, long punt. Absolutely atrocious. And I, I've kind of switched my philosophy. There's almost always a quarterback. Remember, we nailed Mahomes a few years ago. Yeah, we did. There's usually a quarterback that I'm like really high on and, and usually pretty good about getting these these late round guys. There's not many I feel great about this year. You know, Trey Lance was that last year. He just didn't end up playing. I don't think it's Zach Wilson, but if a team has done the right thing around their quarterback, it certainly is him. They add Garrett Wilson, my number one ranked receiver heading into the draft. He's now now down to a – no, he's still my number one because I just – I love the player. So smooth, pro-ready, like similar to Olave, but even better in my opinion. So I love that they gave him my number one receiver here. They beef up the line even further. Then they have the best pass-catching running back and just best overall running back in Brees Hall. So loading up Zach Wilson with a ton of talent – even though he was horrendous last year, the team seemed to operate better when when he was out of the lineup, when they had big game Mike White playing or mm. or Joe Flacco, the elite one playing. The offense seemed to operate better. But to me, that's a sign of if Wilson can find any semblance of that huge arm and the rushing legs, and whatnot, he's in a great system because these no names were succeeding in it. I love the floor. I think he, he created a great offense for his quarterback here. So good system, great weapons between Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, you know, Corey Davis, eh, but – as a three, okay, sign me up. And again, that running back upgrade. So to me, I really do like Zach Wilson as that late round quarterback who has some serious upside if he has any type of talent. I don't know if he does. I'm not going to make any real big claims there one way or the other, but it, it, he's got the, everything around him. Everything is there other than whether he has the own, you know, the, the formula, the stock formula. Everything's there for Zach Wilson other than maybe his own talent, which is the most important thing. But if it is there, he could have a big blow up. I don't know. Am I nuts? Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's i'm not gonna i'm just not i mean gonna believe that somebody on the jets is gonna blow up until i see it several times i, I mean they're just that they, they are so inept they're such a bad franchise they're that there were players go to die and it has been it, it truly yeah has it been. has been and it's like i generally i i generally don't buy into like a curse mentality so much because I don't really think it's a curse. I just think it's like just inept people running a team in a completely incompetent way for like how many years, like 30 Tons. or something and like that, like your whole life. So true. But I really think that the way they've drafted these last two years, Joe Douglas, I, I'm a believer. I think they're well, building something. Okay. They, they got to show it to me on the field. Like I, I'm, we'll I'm, say, yeah. I'm not, they got to show it to me. You know, every year I hear somebody say, Hey, the, don't sleep on the jets. And it's like, and the jets are unspeakably jets terrible blow. every single I, year. I'm with so. you. I'm with you. And, and I'm, I have no faith in Zach Wilson, like beyond just everything around him is perfect. So if he's anything decent, he'll yeah, be we'll really see. Fan. We'll see. But yeah. we don't know there'll be anything decent. Now yeah. rapid fire even further. Daniel Jones. Speaking of crappy teams from New York slash New Jersey. Even worse teams from New York. Uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> but he left the draft unscathed. A lot of people speculate they might draft his, his Eric's. Actually, they did not pick up his fifth-year option. So he's going to be a free agent. He's in his contract year here. Uh, and nor, nor should they have, to be honest. Like Maybe they want to sign him after this year if he has a big leap. Brian Dable, though, a couple good offseason for the guy in the sense that 
One, no competition. It's going to be his job, Daniel Jones, this year. Two, line's been big, you know, huge improvements with Neil at nine. I thought that was one of the steals of the draft. My favorite tackle of the draft went to them at nine. I love Wandale. I know he's similar to Tony, but uh, their quote-unquote Debo Samuel-style player, oh, yeah. uh, Wandale Robinson, highly ranked in tons of different categories for his efficiency. So I really like everything they've added around him. Uh, he's got he had Galladay. They made all these big plays. Not that Galladay's anything special, but there's weapons here. I love Dable as a play caller. If it, similar, it's kind of like the Zach Wilson argument, where I think most things around Daniel Jones are are solid. Now, is he going to be able to step up and, and seize anything from that? Probably not. No. But <laughs> what well, we talked about last time, how many was it like 10 touchdowns last yeah, year? Yeah, his, his numbers on the, on the season, and I believe he played the full season, or at least very close to it. 10 touchdowns, seven picks. This is oh. in the most wide-open, aerial-based NFL ever. 10 yeah. touchdowns, seven. And then you say, well, he probably did a lot on the ground. He scored two rushing touchdowns, none past like September 15th. They were all in the first three weeks, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he had some game. I, I, I he went over, uh, he went over like 280 yards like one time. Yeah, but that's bad. Uh, yeah. So then, like, these guys, we're gonna. Be, I'm ripping through real quick here, like right. kind of those last QB twos in best ball, only because like compared to a Trubisky or a Mariota, I think they, whereas those guys, Trubisky and Mariota, have like better per game upside. At least we know these guys have like they're probably going to be starting all season unless they really face plant, which could definitely they happen. Could totally face plant, yeah. Uh, yeah. Similar in that boat, you know, Jared Goff, who was the quarterback 22 in fantasy. Is that good? No. No. But as a quarterback too? Yeah, I guess so. Especially when you now add Jamison Williams, DJ Chark added in the offseason. I love Jamison Williams though. If anyone's going to be like the best receiver of this class down the line, I think it's Jamison Williams. Is Goff going to be the one that'll lock that? Probably not. He's coming off a bad injury to Jamison Williams, and his rehab reportedly isn't great, although they say he's on track for camp. We'll see. But explosiveness, that's the Tyree Kill level explosiveness of this class. He's the only one that comes even close to that level. So Goff has that. Uh, A lot of people call Amon Ross St. Brown a huge loser from this pick, but I actually don't think this impacts him terribly. Does it impact his total target share? Yeah, probably. When you you trade up to 12 and you go draft this guy, but they play such different roles. Jamison's going to clear out so much space underneath for ASB, for TJ Hawkinson, that I think Amon Ross St. Brown, who was the number one receiver, more points than Cooper freaking Cup across the last five weeks, of the se- four weeks of the season. I-, I think the guy really did show he belongs at this level, and people are just so fast to hurl him under the bus because he's not the elite profile. Uh, but Amon Ross St. Brown's comp was Cooper Cup, and then he went and outscored him over the last four weeks because he just went berserk. So I don't think this kills Amon Ross St. Brown by any means. I think this is a guy that opens up space for him and does his thing, who I do think is dead now is DJ Chark. One year, $10 million contract. Blech. They're not, they have no incentive to keep this guy any any type of uh run once Jameson Williams is healthy. So I have no interest in him. Commanders, Carson Wentz. We talked about quarterback 14 last year, but I think he is just absolutely awful at football. But he does get Jahan Dotson, who I love the pick. I really do like this receiver class in general. Um, but coming out of Penn State, just a baller. Not the biggest or fastest type of guy, but you know, four 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 speed, no joke either. But just one. He saw, you know, a hundred like almost 200 targets, 35%, like shouldered the entire passing attack, had a horrible quarterback throwing to him and just continued to ball out. And that's what his uh his coach kind of said. You know, we had a, a stack of players. We love Jahan because he didn't have a great quarterback around him, and he just made him look so much better. Sounds a lot like the situation he's going into now. They also prayed Dawson, Dawson's ability uh, 
running on the inside, which is hyping him as a slot receiver. And I love those early rookies getting the, the early easy type of targets out of the slot. So I think Dotson stepping into a really good role. He's number nine, uh, actually 10, right behind Christian Watson and Sky Moore on my rookie big board, uh, but definitely as a lower end of the, the rookie receivers. I think that's a good spot for him, and I think it signals the end of Curtis Samuel uh, being anything viable there. Terry McLaurin, eh, I, I think he's one of the more overrated guys. He's kind of the DJ Moore type for me. And the last quarterback here is Davis Mills, similar to the other ones, just a guy that the team has gone all in on for the year. Is that going to mean great numbers? No, but we did see 27, 24, 20, and 30-point days uh, across his his 12 starts. So he had a couple blow up weeks. So again, we're talking best ball. He I like him better than some of these guys that you've talked about. You like Davis Mills more or no more than more than some of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it does mean huge things for Brandon cooks who accounted for 29% of Davis Mills's targets and 33% of Davis Mills receiving yardage uh, when Davis was playing. So he loves throwing it to cooks and cooks loves catching the ball from him. They had a great rapport. John Messi was added there too. So you get another weapon now. Uh, he might take a little while to get over the injury that ended his season last year. But Davis Mills, better weapons, clear endorsement from the staff. Great news for Cooks as well that Davis Mills will be the guy probably all year. So a, a guy I don't mind is a last-round stab at quarterback. Whew, rapid fire done. All right, that was awesome. Hey, um, we're going to just hit the very small mailbag real quick. If you haven't already, give us a like, uh, give us a subscribe whatever the hell you want to do. We appreciate it. And if you're still hanging around after an hour and 10 minutes uh, for a show that we essentially did last week, you're a diehard. You're a legend. All right. Uh, real quick. Ian says, you need to get me on this B. Hell yeah. He, <laughs> he's going to, we mean, we're going to do a show comparing our dynasty rankings soon. I can't wait. Snow deal is cool. the real deal. I really like right. snow deal. All right. I can't wait. Uh, Bulldog says, Hey guys, first to smash the like. Thanks Bulldog. Thank you. Bulldog. Appreciate, appreciate the support brother. Mitch says, what's up? Legend. What's up, Mitch? Mitch. Evan, Evan says uh, commanders have a great schedule. Wentz will go huge. Eh, <laughs> Come on, bus. You know, <laughs> I love you, man, but that's delusional. Um, this was my favorite probably uh, yeah. post of the day. Cause I can totally relate. Love that. Um, and then I'm Mitch says, think, you know, Sion was like, who are we talking about that producing? I think it's a great comment, but like, uh, well, we were talking, I was, you were talking about Lamar Jackson and then I compared it to Cam Newton. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and you know, you can apply it to tons of other people. And then I said, Mike Williams also. Um, but yeah, that was exactly. more like two games in a season, whereas right. Newton and Jackson each showed us like uh, an epic a season. year, right. right. Yeah. Um, Mitch, liking the Juju call. Now, I like this because Mitch posted the first time from Facebook and the second time from YouTube. So Mitch yeah, is diehard. He's, he's double fisting. Right. Um, Daniel Howland, I might have missed it. Where do you rank Lance? Where do you rank Kittle? Yeah, we didn't talk about the 49ers as much because their passing attack hasn't really changed like the expectations after the draft. Everyone assumed – it's going to be Lance and then Kittle is, is Kittle. I have Lance at QB 17, and that seems pretty low. And you've just got Kittle, Kittle at four. Yeah, Kittle, Kittle's always going to be in the top five tight ends because he's such a monster. And, yeah, he has his down weeks, but nobody else can have 35-point weeks other than Kelsey and Andrews like Kittle could. I wish he had the more consistent volume because I think he's truly the best tight end in the league as an all-around player. Love Kittle. Maybe my favorite player to watch. Uh, but Lance – I have him at quarterback 17, and if you guarantee me he was starting all year, I'd bump him up maybe four spots. But the fact that they did not trade Garoppolo, if anybody was a loser from the draft, it'd be Trey Lance is another one because they might start Garoppolo for half the season, maybe the whole year this year. I don't even know. I, and I, would, I, not wish not, that, I would not be that surprised if that yeah, happened. If, if Lance has all the upside in the world. We called him the cheat code of last year. He just didn't play. But if he's not on the field, it doesn't matter. And he might not yeah. be on the field now, which sucks. 
course, Steve sent us that great post. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks again, Steve. And then Trey, who do you like more in redraft half slash full PPR leagues between Mike Williams and Amari Cooper with or without Watson? Also, he wants to know Najee Harris or Joe Mixon. Oh, good questions, Trey. I appreciate that. I would say if Watson's playing, I love Cooper. I have him in my top 15 receivers and maybe even my top 12 just because we've seen the number one for Deshaun Watson, whether it's Brandon Cooks, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to eat. They always eat. Uh, So I love Amari Cooper. Mike Williams, maybe a sneaky winner with no other receivers added, the big contract he got, like the big commitment to be the, the clear number two for Justin Herbert. Yeah, I like that, but... Cooper's the number one for an elite quarterback, whereas Williams is the number two at best, probably behind even Eckler there too. So I, I definitely take Cooper. If Watson's not playing, that changes a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Lows, uh, in which case I'd probably go Williams. So it really does depend on how many games you're without Watson. If it's only two to three, then it's definitely Cooper. If you're without Watson for the season or like 10 games, then I, I might shift those two uh, and flip the rankings pretty aggressively. In okay. terms of Mixon or Harris, ooh, that's a really good one. I'm going Mixon. I know Harris is more often the guy, but the offensive line improvements that the Bengals made is maybe the most under-talked about fantasy story this year. I think Burrow is going to go bananas behind this line. They've gone from the probably, I think they were ranked as PFF's 25th line. I, I could see them going all the way to the top five with the big line, the Lael Collins. And uh, I have the I have them all written down somewhere. The, the, the Ted Karras they, have a, they made all these improvements. So they had a pretty good left side already, and their right side was the worst in football. Their center sucked, and they've replaced all three of them and replaced them with 70-plus graded PFF guys. So all that to say is Joe Mixon is going to be behind by far the best line in his career within the best offense of his career. That's only going to get more dangerous with a better line for more time for Burrow. Like I think it's just going to be a scoring bonanza from the Bengals, and I think Joe Mixon has very, very real RB1 ups, like the RB1 upside whereas Harris yeah I mean great like the usage is it's better than everybody in the league he had the most expected fantasy points of anybody in the league a, a little more question marks about how good that offense is going to be um it, with the, the line improvements it's a no-brainer for me I love mixing I'm all in agree all right that's it hey sweet Wolfpack, thanks so much. Especially again those of you that might have heard this twice in a row we wanted to make sure to get the right quality to you guys because that means the world to us we you know we don't do all this prep for the show to then give you a half-assed product so thank you for putting up with us a week later than we wanted to deliver it to you uh but we wanted to get you the best type of quality we possibly could if you haven't already and you're still sitting here please consider hitting that thumbs up on your way out check out roastreetjournal.com we breed and feed you fantasy wolves on all your socials as well and i am at roastreetwolf you can find me there. And, of course, if you prefer a podcast or you need to listen at work one day, the Fancy Fullback Dives where you can find all the audio versions of this show. Whew. I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. And a wolf of fantasy sheep. Be the wolf. Later, guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow.
Awesome football right there, folks.